Hey guys, welcome to Movie Films with Bill and Steve. I'm Steve. And I'm Bill. Movie stock. So let's talk movies. Let's talk those movies. How you doing today, buddy? I'm doing fantastic. My energy levels are not nearly as high as yours. You could say that yours are over 500. That is an accurate statement. Is that uh, the joke? That is the joke. Good job. That, that's a really timely reference, right? <laughs> it's only the most recent references possible on this has show. it gone back around yet like is it funny now because hot topic isn't selling those 9000 shirts anymore i don't think i think they still i think they're moved on to just selling shirts that have vegeta on them looking angry so maybe the reference has fallen off so now i can bring the reference back yeah, bring it back yeah bring it back bring it back guys um that was that was my uh spider-man voice that is the voice that i do when i'm spider-man uh, for those that don't know, I think I mentioned this on the show, but for those that don't know, I do officially work for Marvel. I am Spider-Man for most live appearances. There's only 25 of us actors for the world. So if you sp see Spider-Man anywhere, that's officially like an actual licensed Spider-Man appearance. There's a 1 in 25 chance it's me, because they fly me all over the world. And so I know my Spidey. I know it very well, went through a lot of training, a lot of history, read a lot of books. And we'll get more into that later. But I just felt Spidey should have opened the issue, the episode. Uh, to me, when I read the comics, even even uh, high school Spider-Man, he sounds like James Earl Jones. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, everyone has their different interpretations, and maybe I think yours is correct. And I'm mine's, wrong. Mine's the best one. Yours is the best one. So, the, uh, some news. We'll talk some movie news. Yes, movie news. Uh, first off, the best news of the day is that. This isn't movie-related, but we're on iTunes now. Hopefully, you're listening to us through iTunes. If you're not, welcome. Welcome. This is your first episode. I hope we still have you. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can... Uh, if and, and for those who have been listening to us through our normal venues, either by finding us on Facebook or just following the Tumblr or our SoundCloud, you can go to iTunes. Uh, there's a link on the Facebook page to it, or you could search the store for movie films with Bill and Steve. You'll find us. All of our episodes are there. You can listen to us down. Six ninety nine an episode. Uh, six ninety nine episode, but there is an instant rebate of six ninety nine, so it costs you nothing. It's it free, free for a temp hours for temporarily, totally free for the next five years. Next five years after the five year point, you mark my words, motherfucker. Six ninety nine. Get them with uh, the hot. That'd be the five-year celebration, <laughs> raising raising prices. That's how it works for amusement parks. That's how it works for your cable company. So that's how it works for movie films with Bill and Steve. That is actually how we're actually completely one hundred percent how it works here. So yeah, check us out. Um, I guess it's good for you to subscribe and rate us. I don't care if you give us one to five. Give us whatever you think is appropriate. I personally would give us four and a half. I give us I give us a solid four. Oh well, Jesus. Point seven five. Whoa. Okay, your ego needs to be in check, sir. Yeah, because we're the uh, best. So yeah, do that all that stuff if you want. If you want to keep us on your go, on, take us while you go out and doing your business, while you're riding the train, whatever you do. Yeah, if, you still ha if you still have one of those old, out-of-date iPods instead of, you know, a good product like a Zune. The Zune was the best product. I don't even know what, what was going on there. The Zune is truly the tucker of um, MP3 players. I agree. Uh, they should make uh, uh, George Lucas uh, should make a movie of Jeff Bridges starring as Bill Gates, uh, making the Zune. Making the Zune. This is a good. That's a good reference to Tucker. If you haven't seen Tucker, check it out. Check it out. It's fantastic. But on to some real news. Um, on some real news. Um, coming from IndieWire, uh, film is here to stay. Studios and Kodiak. Yeah, Kodak. Fuck. Kodak. <laughs> strike a deal. Um, 
from many directors who have spoken out over the years, like Christopher Nolan, Quentin Tarantino, especially Quentin Tarantino, he's the one that's a big, I would say, prick about it. But I get it. I get his passion. Yeah. Um, have a lot of major directors have come out complaining that they want to still shoot on film, and so studios have worked more with uh, Kodak to keep that going. Yeah, uh, and it's really cool. I'm glad. F- I mean, like, I am not one of those fucking filmmakers that's all about just film only. Um, because I think digital is just fine. But film definitely has its own certain quality, and I'm glad to see that it's not being abandoned completely. Yeah, I think it's I think it's always important to have every um, means of um, medium. Every medium should always be available, I think. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't think if if anything's proven it, um, uh, vinyl. Vinyl has such had such a huge resurgence in the past twenty years. Yeah. Everyone thought it was a dead format and everything. Me personally, I never did because I grew up with my father, who's a huge vinyl nut, so I became a huge vinyl nut. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, if anything proves that, like just because it's a, it's something that someone might consider antiquated and not necessary, doesn't mean it is. Right. Unless it's objectively terrible, like VHS, like uh, cassette tapes, and cassette tapes. I don't understand. I I guess I get the whole. Punk There's movement. some guy out there that is demanding that movies be shot on video still. Oh, movies still are. I mean, but not for not legitimately. <laughs> They're for a reason or a joke. Uh, Brad Jones, the cinema snob, who's an online reviewer, he's um, he's still in production for his uh, anthology film called Shot on Shitio. Um, okay, that's fantastic. Yeah, he's actually doing what VHS should have done. Hey, your movie's <laughs> called VHS. You think your movies should um, should be not shot digitally? I agree. I think a little bit. Oh, oh, oh! One, one, one part of the anthology is a Skype uh, conversation. Well, yeah, go they fuck, recorded a yourself. Skype conversation on VHS tape. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Great. But yeah, I I love um, the grit and the grain of film. I think it adds a lot of character, a lot of warmth to a to a film. I think that's incredibly important. To me, the greatest part about this, to me. Is that if theaters? I mean, sorry. If I just spoiled what I was going to say, uh, if uh, studios are keeping film, that means not every fucking theater in the fucking country has to go completely digital projectors. If Hopefully. film still exists. Hopefully, I know a lot of studios do. Like Quentin Tarantino for uh, Django, shot on film, then digitally transferred it. Yes, but if they're keeping the film, if they're keeping it alive, there's just more of a chance of film projectors still having a place, and there's a lot of independent theaters that were slash could be going out of business simply because they can't afford the digital projectors. Mm -hmm. So having a a, uh, film option is really important. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, Because there's a... I I, pre- I actually have to say I really appreciate Slack to Marvel that slash Marvel that a lot of the theaters I go up to in Chicago for like um there's a group in Chicago called Terror on the Isles who do uh, like whole like you know twelve hour you know twenty four hour long movie marathons of just stuff they get prints of like last time we went there was they showed a, a print of um, Buckaroo Banzai Escape from New York yeah. all these things like that and I'm, I'm really surprised that those theaters actually show normal movies like they actually have digital they actually were able to upgrade and have digital projection as well so they'll have like i'll see on their facebook page like hey this weekend come out and see thor the dark world like when it was out and stuff mm-hmm. and it's just great because those are old theaters so it's like a one screen it's huge it's mm-hmm. it's a real experience so uh, yeah so I was, i'm really happy that they're sticking to film and i hope that that um that works out well and we see some good films come out from that Absolutely. still because i'm sure tarantino will keep shooting on film as long as he can yeah so i, I guess as much as i i question sometimes uh his attitude and his uh definitely his attitude i met that his piece prestige, of shit his prestige that he thinks he has like he knows 40 like 
I, I've, I listened to a podcast with uh, uh, 40 Seconds Repeat. Steve knows of him from uh, Cinema Wasteland and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like he 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 grew up on he grew up on 40 Seconds Street. He went to those theaters. He knew that all that stuff. And then Tarantino's like, yeah, yeah, grindhouses and stuff like that. And then Pete's like, no, you don't know what fucking grindhouses are. Yeah, you grew up in the fucking suburbs. What the fuck do you know? Um, <laughs> my favorite story about Tarantino from me meeting him is that uh, it was him and Robert Rodriguez together at the same time because they went to the world premiere. I guess the uh, Pittsburgh premiere or whatever of uh, mm-hmm. the Land of the Dead, and it was in Pittsburgh at the Benham Center. It was fantastic, great, great to see the film in that setting with those people, and you know I kind of I met uh, Simon Pegg, um, uh, not Nick Frost, the director uh, Edgar Wright. I met Edgar, Edgar Wright, yeah. um, and then Tarantino and Robert Rodriguez were standing right next to each other, and I walked up and I shook Robert's hand, and I told him just off to the side, you know, how much I respected him, and I really liked his filming style, how it's, like, very action-packed, and I appreciate how hands-on he is with a lot of his filmmaking. Mm-hmm. And then I looked at Quentin Tarantino and just went, hey, and then I walked away. <laughs> As you should. Now, you should have walked up and said, hey, I really like City on, I'm City on Fire. I'm, I'm, well, I, mean, I mean Reservoir Dogs, sorry. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> For two seconds, I thought that you'd legitimately accidentally said the wrong movie and then it clicked. Nope, that's what you should say to him. Like, hey, I really enjoyed Sitting on Fire. Well, well, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Reservoir, Reservoir Dogs. Dogs. Sorry. My bad. <laughs> uh, fun fact for those people who don't know, uh, Reservoir Dogs is a blatant, blatant ripoff of Sitting on Fire. Uh, Tarantino can pull his whole no, I'm doing homage all he wants. Yeah, there's, no. There is definitely, you can homage mo- movies. Uh, Tarantino just straight up fucking takes shit from other movies. Absolutely. He's to not, the point where it's more than an homage. Like, if you take one scene directly from another movie, even if you copy it, like, frame for frame, if it's just, like, one scene, that's an homage. Yeah. When your entire movie <laughs> is made up of scenes of other movies? Mm-hmm. Nope. Uh, Mike White, who runs the Projection Booth podcast and writes uh, the, uh, I think, Cinema Fantastique as a fanzine, he has a short that he's been running for years now. I think it goes back to maybe 90... It was around the time Reservoir Dogs actually came out. He made a short called uh, Who Do You Think You're Fooling? Uh, he ran at film festivals and stuff um, that caused him a lot of heat <laughs> uh, where he basically compares City on Fire with Reservoir Dogs and yeah, he doesn't get nearly enough credit for the fact that, for his calling out of Quentin Tarantino's bullshit, so I recommend checking that out so, mm-hmm. check that out um, moving on to another piece of news uh, this uh, Valentine's Day weekend, I can't think of anything any hotter than taking my wife to see the uh, film about passion, true romance, and love Fifty Shades of Grey <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's not about abuse at all. Well, you know, I was thinking about seeing it, but uh, I just, I can't see it unless it's on, like, a huge fucking screen. Like, if it's not an IMAX, get that shit out of my face, I don't want to see it. Because I feel that the cinematography and the powerful scenes will be wasted on just regular-sized movie screens, so I'm not going to see it. Hey, buddy, have I got news for you. What?! Fifty Shades Grey to be shown on 75 IMAX screens across the United States when it really is released this week. Okay. Um, <laughs> I I think everyone's asking the same question currently. Uh, why? Yeah, why? <laughs> why? What What about Fifty Shades of Grey needs to be on IMAX? Um, money? But is it, I, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. But, but, well, but, is it like is it like when Transformers uh, Revenge of the Fallen came out and they were just like, well, it's the cool thing about this is that there are shots in the movie where Optimus Prime is one-to-one scale real life in his actual size. So is the IMAX version the one-to-one scale replica of all the horrible spouse abuse in the country? 
No, it's the one to one replica of someone woman's ass. I'm sure it's gonna be like just an ass. I'm like, bam, that's a big ass. I feel that's gonna have to be a really far away shot for a woman's ass to be one to one real size in an IMAX screen. No, one to one with uh, Attack of the Fifty Foot Woman. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I can't wait I to see that, that ass. Yeah, can't we see the ass? <laughs> so um, yeah, why? Like why? I don't. Uh, I don't see. The audience, the audience for Fifty Shades of Grey, I believe, is like thirties, forties women. I feel like that's the the general audience for Fifty Shades. That's my 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 understanding, because mm-hmm. um, it's obviously a little bit racy for the the teen audience that would be about, be interested in Twilight. Um, I mean, that's not, not like that's going to stop anybody. Fuck, you can't buy you can't buy Playboy at Walmart. Being by Fifty Shades of Grey, tell me what's up with that. What was I saying? Oh, so I, I don't think that audience is going to be interested in the higher pr- ticket price of IMAX screens. Right. So I don't know how well this will perform. Either way, it's just more money, so it's not like anybody's losing out. The movie, it's, as stupid as it is, this movie's going to make so much fucking money. And, uh, you know, I've been thinking, I, I would love to be wrong. I would love for this movie to come out and to just flop. Oh, absolutely. But I definitely <clears throat> um, feel like there's going to be enough of an audience that's like, oh, we got to see this movie. Did you ever read the book? No, it is. I've I've read parts of it, of course. I haven't read the full thing. I downloaded a PDF because I didn't want to give it any money, Mm -hmm. but I wanted to read something before I talk shit on it. Yeah. Uh, Just like I did with Twilight. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, Fifty Shades of Grey is one of the most insulting things that I've ever read in my life. It is horrible. It is poorly written. The characters are god-awful. The pacing is shit. And, of course, as it keeps getting said, it's not about BDSM. It's just straight-up fucking abuse. It's abuse, and even then, like, what can... It's like... The, sorry, I'm trying to formulate here. Um, but everyone brought in, like, oh, man, it's like... Re- they put this big, like, BDSM surge, and, like, these people who had never really thought about it. I'm like, hey, if BDSM to you is just being tied up to your bed, you really need to, like, figure some things out. Yeah. Because that's not what true BDSM That's not BDSM. <laughs> and also, no. the movie isn't about BDSM, because BDSM is about, like, trust and caring and, like... Uh, it's all about safe words yeah. and uh, doing Absolutely. just what everyone's comfortable with, and then after the BDSM sex, coming down with the person, like talking them down and getting them back into like a normal state of mind. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas the book, and I assume the movie will keep it, he's just a horrible piece of shit and forces her to do things that she doesn't want to do and ignores the safe word. Yeah, in BDSM, the sub has all the power, and in the book, uh, no, she does not. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Gray, the dom, has all the power. Yeah. See, it's terrible. Uh, I don't think anyone listening to this podcast wants to see the movie, but don't see the movie. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Curiosity, maybe I'll, I, I will I will put on the list of if I see it for t- in the 250 section of my local like resale shop. I will if I see then. it. I will see it week ten in a theater because that is the exact moment where the studio will make the least amount of money. That's true. For me seeing the movie, because that's when the theaters are getting 90% of the ticket sales, um, and that's even less money to the studio than if I were to rent it on, like, Amazon Prime or something. True. So, anyway. Yeah, I, I don't know. Curiosity will get me at some point, but as it is, stands right now, I have, there's obviously the film's not for me. I don't give a shit. So, moving on, do you remember those really neat-o pictures that uh, Neil Blomkamp drew about aliens? Yeah, the art that he had uh, released on, um, I don't know, his Twitter, his Instagram, whatever, whatever means. Yeah, basically, releasing yeah, online that he just put several some fan back, art, yeah. just some fan yeah. art that he did because he was like bored. You know, he was like in post production on um, Chappie, 
It was just like, yeah, let's fucking draw this. I'd always love to make an Aliens film. It would be neat. So he posted them, and then everyone went nuts saying that, oh, God, he's making a movie, and then he had to come out and say, oh, guys, I'm not I'm not actually making an Aliens movie. I just like Aliens, and I drew this stuff, and it'd be cool. And then apparently Fox, knowing what Prometheus was, went to Neil and went, hey, can we make your Aliens movie, please? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that's, that's happening. Uh, what do you think of that, Bill? Yeah, um, well, from my understanding, it's still, it's still kind of... It, Fox is interested, and Blomkamp is interested, but he's also hesitant. Yeah. Uh, because, clearly, the Aliens franchi- franchise has not been the best uh, projects for its directors. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for the most part. Obviously, the first one, the second one, but everything else, like, especially especially Alien 3, um, that was just a nightmare mm-hmm. um, for everyone involved. And that Resurrection wasn't much better, and so on and so forth. So, obviously, he's hesitant. I hope he does. I think it'd be really interested to see him take on an actual franchise yeah i think that would be interesting yeah i i love i've I've said this before i'm a huge fan of neil blomkamp i love district nine i loved elysium even with some of its faults and i'm chappie's looking to shape shaping up to be great as well Mm -hmm. so i would love to see his take and see what he could do with the alien franchise and a new film and from my understanding like he wants to bring back uh hicks he wants to bring back uh, um, um, Michael Bean for it. He wants to bring back everybody. Like it seems like it's a, it do. seems like it's a new sequel to Aliens. Yes, replacing Alien Three. Yeah, and that that I think I at this point I think that that's the best way to go. I agree, and I, I mean I like Alien Three for what it is. Resurrection is a good fun time. But Ron Perlman's the only reason I'll ever watch Resurrection. Absolutely agreed. Um, <laughs> but the story really takes a fucking nosedive after Aliens. Like Alien Three by itself just decimated everything that the aliens and even the first aliens stood for and everything that they were leading up to. Absolutely. And everything nosedived from there. So, and like, say what you will about the fucking Colonial Marines video game, but Fox officially made that like the new canon and even they were just like, so Hicks totally lived. Uh, He was out of that pod and now some other dude because no one likes that idea. So yep. even a terrible video game that everyone hates is retconning a terrible idea, and that's the official new canon, that that means something. Well, that's fine. Um, did Isolation stick with the whole Ripley's Daughters, the one on the ship? Yes. Okay, I still don't like that. <laughs> I think it's cool. It's just nice to see Ripley's Daughter and what she was doing while Ripley was off in deep space. It's just weird that... The Ripleys always run into these xenomorphs. And yeah, that's what I didn't like. I, I like the idea that, hey... Her daughter just lived on Earth or wherever and died. An old lady. To be I don't... to be fair, it's uh, Ripley searching for her mother, and her search takes her basically to uh, a group that also found the derelict ship, and that's how they found the black box and shit like that. So it makes sense. Okay. If Ripley wasn't searching for her mother specifically, she would have never run into the xenomorph. Well, I'm just saying. I I think I I don't know. I would just prefer if it just didn't do it. Like, had just be a different character. Mm-hmm. Doesn't have. I, I didn't. I didn't really see the need for them just to shove in Ripley's I wouldn't daughter. say there's a need, but I guess it's just for that connection. Again, the whole searching for your mother type deal. Yeah, diff, diff, just, um, yeah. Not, never, not gonna be for me, that's fine. That's fine. So, yeah, uh, we'll see where that goes. Hopefully Neil Blomkamp, obviously, if they do anything, it won't happen for a couple of years. Uh, so I hope to, that that turns out. Yeah, we'll hope that it comes together, because apparently uh, Neil himself is the only one holding back the idea now, because mm-hmm. Fox is all about it, and he's the one that's iffy on it. Yeah, he, he should take his time and I, do it. Do, do it only if he uh, feels right about it. Absolutely agreed. So and, and and do it only if he gets like on contract assurance from Fox that they will not like interfere as At much all. as they had in the past. 
I try to make it his his movie, his control. I mean, I I like I like to think Fox will do that now because I, I like to think they've learned from the past, but mm-hmm. studios don't learn from shit, right? So, especially on yeah. uh, to the biggest news of the day that's going to lead into our topic. Uh, everyone online is jizzing their pants. They're almost jizzing their pants as much as wait, fuck. Hmm. I was going to try to do a tie-in of Jon Stewart leaving The Daily Show. That's causing a lot of people to jizz their pants today. Uh, <laughs> I'd say that's not as... I'm saying they're... I guess they're jizzing their pants a lot about that. But this piece we're going to talk about, they're just they're jizzing their pants more. You got fans, everyone blowing their loads. They have to go to the dry cleaners. Spider-Man is returning to Marvel. Uh, hooray? Hooray! Sony uh, basically made an agreement with Marvel Studios that they can use Spider-Man in upcoming movies. Which basically meant Marvel's like, hey, all these movies that are coming up, we're going to shove a lot of you aside. Mm-hmm. And in 2017, new Spider-Man movie. Okay. Um, I'm going to say this right now, because it's been, this, has been, this is being said a lot. Hey, I love Donald Glover as much as the next person. But first off, you think they're going to cast him. You're, 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 you're uphill battle. Second, <laughs> if you actually think that they're going to make a Miles Morales Spider-Man movie right off the bat... You are delusional. Yeah. It's not going to happen. Nope. It's going to be Peter Parker, at least for the first couple movies. There's no way about it. <laughs> I, I hate to break it to you. It's just that, <laughs> that, as much as comic fans love Miles Morales, uh, it's, he's not popular. He's not popular in the, in the popular culture. It's all Peter Parker. It's always it's gonna be Peter Parker. Mm-hmm. It's like saying, "There's a new Batman movie coming out, but it's it's, it's this guy named Dick Grayson." <laughs> I think Dick Grayson would be an easier sell than, say, uh, Terry. Because I think people know who Dick Grayson is, thanks to, like, the original series and even the Schumacher films. Mm, I don't know. I d- I just, I think, I'm just I, saying I think... Dick Grayson would be an easier sell than, say, other Batman replacement characters that came later. Maybe. I think, well, if you did Terry, then obviously Bruce would be around, then you'd be able to have that connection. Like, oh, this is a new guy taking up the mantle. Dick, when Dick was around, there was no Bruce. Mm-hmm. And Bruce can be confused. That's exactly why this... This leads to every time there's a new um, something changes in the comics, it's going to immediately change when a new movie comes out. Because guess what? When Dick was Batman, new Batman movie came out. Well, Dick's not Batman anymore. Now it's Bruce. Yeah. Same thing um, with um, uh, Octavius taking over Spider-Man's body and becoming the, the the superior Spider-Man. New movie came out. Guess who's back? Peter Parker. The studios always have to keep you know can't can't have the person coming from the theater. Who's not going to buy a comic book, anyways? You don't. You don't want them to be confused when they pick up a comic book, right? Um, so yeah, let's talk about the actual deal. Um, so I don't know offhand specific names because I'm terrible with names, um, but I read the articles. The basic idea is that um, Sony still owns the movie franchise, but they're sharing the character. That being said, a couple producers from Marvel side is going to be in charge of developing the new Spider-Man movies. Uh, as you said, the first appearance of this new Spider-Man because they're replacing Andrew Garfield because go fuck yourselves, Marvel wants a younger actor. Hey, they're replacing him because they're probably replacing him the same way they replaced Norton. He's not a team player. Yeah. Um, so he's first going to appear in some Marvel movie. They didn't specify which. Um, hopefully it's not Civil War just so that everyone on the internet shuts the fuck up about Civil War needing Spider-Man to exist even though the story will have nothing to do with the comic Civil War. Well, no, because like I said, uh, Civil War, uh, that means they're just going to go back in time and fight in the Civil War. Exactly, and Tony will make an old school armor that looks like George Washington. 
They make a steampunk armor. Steampunk armor. <laughs> <laughs> um. Anyway. Uh. And then, like you said, in two years, the solo Spider-Man movie is going to come out. Um. So these the producers from Marvel are going to develop the story. You know, come up with the story casting, all that stuff. But Sony is still financing the movie. Sony still has final creative control on everything regarding the movie. They're in charge of. They're still in charge of everything, and anything they don't like, they'd say no to. But my, I'll get into my fear in a second. Um, and they still release the movie. Mm. Uh, but they're looking to putting MCU characters into the Sony Spider-Man movies, and then Spidey can show up in all the MCU movies that they want. I think my biggest fear with this is the fact that I don't think Sony will say no to almost anything the Marvel is doing. Uh, because they are just they are afraid of another Amazing Spider-Man two not flopping but not being as successful and they just want all the Marvel movie universe money, so they're just gonna let Marvel do what they want and Amazing and the next Spider-Man movie is gonna be bland and boring just like all of the other Phase two Marvel movies. Yep, that's what I've been saying ever. It's just be another bland movie. Fuck it. I'm actually more upset because I, I was really excited to see something in the Spider-Man universe, like the movie-verse, actually start happening. Yeah, and that's... Like a movie end, they're going to do the Sinister Six, or setting up all this stuff, and then it's just fucking fizzled out. Yeah, like, that bums me the hell out, the fact that Amazing Spider-Man continuity won't get an ending. I would be more okay with this if either the MCU is just absorbing the Amazing Spider-Man continuity, which it fucking could have, there's no reason why not. No, there isn't. Um... Or we at least get amazing, like cancel Sinister Six. That would be that would suck, but that's fine. Cancel Sinister Six. Give us Amazing Spider-Man Three. End it, and then do the reboot. I'd still not be happy for all these other reasons, but at least that story gets an ending. Yeah, that's what that's really what pisses me off the most. So now this is two that... Spider-Man continuities that are ending on a downtrodden note because they weren't supposed to be the final movies in the franchise. Yep. <laughs> Fantastic. That, that's okay. People are just gonna say blame Sony for yeah they're that. gonna blame Sony for everything and say Marvel's the best even though they are not um yeah. <laughs> other other issues I have with this is that uh like it's cool that Spider-Man's in the MCU like that is cool I admit that I'm a Kong fan I'm a Spider-Man fan it's gonna be cool to get to see Spider-Man next to Tony Stark and Cap and stuff like that but um I'm actually gonna quote a friend of mine cause she put it perfectly uh, her name is uh, Laura Truxillo um, she's a really cool artist. Uh, if you go to lauratrexillo.com, you can check out some of her art. It's cool stuff. Um, but she said it perfectly, just generally. Um, now, we've waited like 17 movies to get to uh, Captain Marvel, a movie that's not the main character of being a white man. Mm-hmm. 17 Marvel movies. Uh, by comparison, Wonder Woman is going to be like 6 or 7 or whatever mm-hmm. um, for DC. But now... And, sh- and the quote that I'm going to use here is, you know, uh, why make a Wasp movie or a She-Hulk movie or a Young Avengers movie or any sort of risky little-known property when you can make a Spider-Man movie, right? And I think yeah. that's a completely, completely true and accurate. I mean, it already pushed back Captain Marvel and Black Panther just so they can fit in the Spider-Man movie to not be in competition with any of their other movies. And there's I that legitimate concern that, like, say, in Avengers 3... A spot that may have been taken up by uh, fucking Squirrel Girl. Now Spider-Man's in the universe, so let's just use him because he's our most popular character. So why would we not feature him heavily in everything now? Instead of taking a risk like they did with, say, Guardians of the Galaxy, which would not have existed, probably, if they owned Spider-Man from the start. Yeah, that's that's entirely possible. All it does is it introduces another super popular 
I'll say it like you know, he's a white. You know, if they're going Peter Parker, he'll be white. Um, another white male hero that's taking the spot of somebody that could have been filled easily. They could have had a major role for Black Panther or Captain Marvel. Luke Cage. Luke Cage. Everything. I mean, I don't know if they. they who knows if they would have done that anyways? But it's just I. Yeah. I who it, knows? It's, There's it's, no it's, guarantee, it's but yeah, it's a good point. That by by I don't think people realize that by bringing in all these things back into the Marvel universe, they're really shoving out any chances for the movie unit movie films movie movie verse i should say if i get the words out of my mouth correctly uh it really shuns the opportunity for them to bring out more obscure characters and take better take i don't, I don't know if it's risks cause i think the movies would make money anyways, yeah yeah but to do something just different. risky not actual risks just stuff stuff that may not make as much money as say spider-man yeah, just doing something different. Because trust me, I want them to do something different. Guardians was a step in the right direction. I had, I had a couple problems with it, but I still say it's probably my, one of my favorite Marvel movies. Yep. Because it was different. It was a James Gunn film. It had its own unique entity. It was different than everything else. Characters that the, mainstream America don't know shit about. Yes. And we're able to adapt and love it. And now if they could do, like they give the same treatment to other people, it'd been great. But now Spider-Man there, now it's just going to be more diluted with A-class, uh, you know, secure bets. Like, well... Why take a? I mean, I get. I guess I could see the studio side. Like, why take a risk on this or that when we could just have another Spider-Man movie? Yeah. Do do. And it's just like, great. But then again, hey guys, should we make? uh, Should we make the Runaways? Now let's make the sixth Spider-Man movie instead. Okay. Yeah. Um. And and then then when then people are still gonna shit on DC for doing something. Oh, no matter what. Yeah. One of them would come out and someone will say shit about something. I don't know. I it's an, I, I'm not. I'm not. I'm really trying not to be a fanboy of DC. But, but at least they're tr- doing something different that I'm looking forward to. They're doing it very different, and I dig that. The fact that the the third DC universe movie is Suicide Squad is fantastic because all the mm-hmm. Marvel movies they led into the other movies, but every single fucking movie was a oh it's their first adventure. You know, let's show the origin of every single villain in this universe because everything's starting. Suicide Squad is the movie that is saying, "Hey, go fuck yourselves." These guys have been around for like five, ten years. Yeah, oh. that was the best move the DC DC universe movie movie. I can't ever say this right the first time. <laughs> the movie verse started right in the middle of things. Bat, uh, Superman's old. Batman's already been around. They're just getting into it. You know what? You know what? Spider Man's going to be in twenty seventeen. I high school kid. I will bet it's a high school origin story again. You'll see Uncle Ben die for the third time in 15 fucking years. I can't wait. You guys ready for that? I'm pumped. You guys are so excited now, but guess what? You're going to see another fucking origin movie. I bet that it's going to be not as good as Amazing Spider-Man 2 and everyone's going to love it because it's Marvel Studios. Yeah, I guess that'll prove the point. Yep. (laughs) Uh, I don't know. And I could be wrong. It won't be an origin story, but let's be honest. I honestly don't think it'll be an origin story, but I do think it's going to retread some stuff and it's going to be another love story that we won't need. Do you think this time they'll they'll, have, they'll start with uh, Liz Allen and then go to Betty Brant and then Mary, uh, Gwen Stacy and then Mary Jane? I think they're going to go with the Black Hat because that's the only major one that people know of that they haven't done yet. Well, they really they never really did Liz Allen or Betty Brant. I, Betty Brant showed oh, up in Spider-Man 1, 2, and 3. Yeah, but Betty really... was in it, but they didn't really do it. They flirted a bit. I mean, I'm an old, I'm an old 60s fan of Spider-Man, so... I hear you. I'm all for Liz Allen and Betty Brant and then... I don't. I, I'd like to see them try to do that stuff because I think there's a lot of material there for sure. But they never, they never do it. Yep, agreed. Why. Maybe Spider-Man was a tele. I think Spider-Man would work better as a television show, but that's never gonna happen. So. Ever. So. Uh, so I, that's that's all that. I mean, any other little bits about this news that's interesting to you? Or I guess um, was I forgot to look um, about what the DC schedule is now. Is that gonna have Spider-Man going against Aquaman that that summer? Uh, yeah. Instead of whatever. 
Um, Black Panther is supposed to be in 2017, I thought. Uh, no, it's not. Uh, I forget. It's uh, Captain Marvel is going up against Aquaman, I think. I thought I I, mm, I, th- I swear I thought it was Black Panther. I could be completely wrong. Uh, it I'm might sorry. be Black Panther. I forget. Oh, no, it is Black Panther, because I was torn between wanting a black superhero movie to do really well versus wanting an Aquaman movie to do really well. Yeah. So I guess now it's going to be a summer of Aquaman versus Spider-Man. But given... I don't know. I I don't know. It depends on how well they handle Aquaman in the upcoming films, how well he'll do in his own solo film. I have faith that Aquaman could pull it out. I think so. And th- this is all okay. That's still two years away. By the end, the mo- the the hero bubble could burst. Yeah, it just hasn't yet. I I, th- I feel like every year I'm just getting. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I'm just dumb and or cyn- or cynical. I feel like the the bubble on superhero films is going to burst any time now. It's been running too smoothly for too long. Uh, I think it's it's not going to burst like say westerns did, because I feel mm-hmm. the superheroes have already shown how uh, versatile they are. But it's definitely going to slow down. Yeah. I've been I've been I've been saying that for a while. I could be completely wrong. I know there's been some missteps with Green Lantern and um, uh, I don't know. I have nothing off the top. I guess there hasn't been too many other big flops. I know Man still didn't perform as well as they hoped. It still made a lot of money. Still made a lot of money, and most people loved it. Like fucking ignore the critic bullshit reviews. Where nine like fucking seventy five percent of them are just this is bad because it's not the Donner Superman. If you actually look at like audience ratings and stuff, fucking most people mm-hmm. love that movie. That's good. Um, so yeah, that's that's that. I, and I think I said that's going to tie into our discussion today. Uh, that Steve's kind of helming because he brought this up, and I thought it was a very good point. And it, uh, what better uh, luck did we have than the day we're recording this episode and talking about it that this news broke? So, Absolutely, it was it was fate. Absolutely, it was fantastic. So, Steve, you want to kind of you know, get the ball rolling? Absolutely. Here? Well, I was thinking, and I feel that a lot of people talk a lot of shit on Amazing Spider-Man Two, and every all movie opinions are subjective. That's fine. I'm not saying they're wrong or anything. But a lot of people talk shit on Amazing Spider-Man 2 and yet give a lot of love to Spider-Man 2, the Sam Raimi film. And yeah, that's one of the greatest comic book heroes ever made, comic book movies ever made. So I feel that it would be fun to compare and contrast some of the pros and cons from each film and just talk about what we think about the films as a whole. Sounds good. Because uh, I re- this semi-spoiler alert, you know, I'm like, I still, I like Spider-Man 2 for what it is. I respect it for what it did at the time. Um, at the time, yes, it did push the superhero movie, you know, uh, genre into the correct direction and stuff like that. But it, I don't think it's really aged well. Nope. Um, so, uh, let's get into it a bit, Bill. Yes. So, Spider-Man 2, uh, directed by Sam Raimi, you know, came out a couple years after the first Spider-Man movie, uh, which was an origin, which was totally fine, because it was early in the whole superhero movie lifetime. Mm-hmm. Um, a solid origin, uh, some missteps, but Willem Dafoe as a Green Goblin was super fun and a lot of good casting decisions, except for some people, which we'll get into. Uh, so, of course, Spider-Man 2 got greenlit, came out, made a shit ton of money. and Oh, absolutely. And critics everywhere fucking sucked its dick. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, do you want to talk about what you think of the movie in general first, or do you want to go through some pros and cons and just kind of talk about it? Let's go through pros and cons. I feel like my general points might hit a lot of these, so it's, I think it's easier just to go down the list. All right, let's just go down the list. So, you know, I rewatched the movie. I sat down with a pencil and paper, and I just, like, spur of the moment as stuff was happening, writing down things that I liked and didn't like in this movie, guys. Um, mm-hmm. And I did it for both films, so let's compare. Um, now, Spider-Man 2, you know, I'm watching it. Uh, let's, let's just go through all the pros first. Let's keep it fair. Yeah, good things. Good things first. Good things first. Um, I really like uh, Simmons as J. Jonah Jameson. 
Yes. He's fantastic. And also the rest of the Bugle crew. You know, uh, I forget the, her name, but the girl who plays Betty Brandt is mm-hmm. fantastic and at her hottest when she is Betty Brandt. Um, Ted Ramey showing up as, I don't know, Ted Ramey. I don't <laughs> I, I don't think he's an actual comic character. But whatever, yeah. he's great in the movie, and the chemistry between him and J.J. is fantastic. Uh, whoever they got as Robbie is a great Robbie. You know, I really mm-hmm. like The Bugle. Yeah, I will say that out of um, all three films, my shining light of one thing I've always said, no matter what, of all, no matter what you think of the, all the films, especially the third one, uh, J.K. Simmons as um, uh, as uh, J. Jonah. Uh, J.K. is J.J. Yeah, J.K. is J.J. <laughs> uh, is the best casting. It's fantastic. Um, um, for sure. Piper, Piper possibly done. To the point where the, some people, uh, there might be a ch- chance of J.K. returning as Jameson in the Spider-Man re-reboot. I really hope he does. I'd be fine with that. It's just like M still being M in the new James Bond. Like, she did such a good job, why bother? Yep. Um, so, yeah, moving on. I really enjoy uh, James Franco as this version of Harry. Um, mm-hmm. I think he acts the role really charismatically. You know, he's likable, uh, but you can see the twinges of him kind of kind of being going crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Not, not much to say. Not much else to say there. What do you think? Yeah, yeah, you're you're hitting on okay, it. Okay, yeah. Um, <laughs> now there's a few points of these pros that I'm kind of reaching just because I was trying to <laughs> list things that I liked. To be fair, uh, so another one of my legitimate pros is just the character, the landlord, and that's how much I know about that character. Mm-hmm. It's just a really simple one fucking note joke, but it made me laugh and smile every time he was on screen. So hey, I liked the landlord. There you go. <laughs> um, I really liked how Melina played Otto Octavius. I think he's a great actor, and the way he played the character was fantastic. He did a great job. Um, this isn't a con, but I'm just saying while we're on the subject, I'm not a super fan of how Otto is written in the movie. Oh, absolutely not. Uh, because, you know, like, Otto Octavius is fucking a super genius, but because he's he's so smart that he's crazy overconfident to the point of insanity. He thinks he's always right no matter what, and they do that in this movie, but only because his arms are making him that way. Mm-hmm. And I don't like that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, a lot, a lot, a lot of yeahs for me. Yeah. I'm agree. Yeah, that's right. I think it's silly. Um, <laughs> another uh, big pro of Spider-Man Two, uh, Bruce Campbell is in it for a minute. Yep. Those are the reasons why uh, Bruce Campbell. Main reason why no one likes Amazing Spider-Man or Amazing Spider-Man Two. No Bruce Campbell. I agree. If Bruce Campbell was in those movies, people would fucking five out of five stars. I think so because that's definitely the only. That's definitely the difference between this film. And Amazing Spider-Man 2, there's no Bruce Campbell. So that's clearly why people like this one over Amazing Spider-Man 2. Yes. Uh, um, again, a one-second fucking off joke, but it made me laugh enough to put it on the pros, is uh, some Asian woman horribly playing a somewhat racist with the accent interpretation of the Spider-Man theme song. But it yeah. made me laugh, the end. I like how like, it's... Oh, um, I'm sorry. People are like laugh at those moments in those three films where they keep working in the Spider-Man theme song. But then Andrew Garfield has it on a ringtone on his cell phone. Oh, and people shit. Throw, throw a bitch fit over Absolutely it. Absolutely agreed. Sorry, I had to put that in there because I that came to mind because I remembered like, all three of those films are some random person singing a Spider-Man theme song. Yep. But, and I oh, think no. Andrew, and I think they make the Spider-Man use of that, to use of that is way better than anything in the Raimi movies. Yeah. Okay, so um, another... <laughs> um, I, the tentacle murder scene is classic Sam Raimi, Evil Dead stuff, and I love that scene. It is fantastic. It is horrifying. The cuts are great. The shots are great. The editing's great. That scene is great. I cannot say enough yeah. good things about that scene. If the end result of the scene um, 
when it if it wasn't the AI of the arms taking control of uh, Octavius and stuff, and it went from there to him just being like a super, you know, mad genius mm-hmm. from there, I think it'd been better. That that scene's the favorite, my favorite scene of the film. It's shot beautifully. It's it's like I said, it's horrific. It's frightening. It's it's classic Raimi at, at his best. Yep. But again, it ends with Otto going no instead of now. Time to fuck up New York. Yeah. Um. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So moving on, uh, another great huge pro with the film. Uh, Joel McHale is in it for a second as the as the very as the huge fan favorite Marvel character bank teller. Yep. So, uh, yeah, there you go. I hope he is in the Marvel movie universe. Hope he returns back as bank as bank as teller. Bank teller. Short, <laughs> and he'll try to screw over Aunt May again. Um, I enjoyed the uh, gag of May thinking she's falling off a skyscraper, but she's actually right on a ledge. It's just a nice moment of misdirection, and you don't see, like, tiny little moments like that in movies too often, so I dug that a lot. Mm-hmm. Like, absolutely gotta give credit where it's due. I, I really liked that. For sure. Um, that action scene was okay. Uh, Jonah Jameson making wedding plans is a joy, and that just goes back to Simmons being so fantastic. That's yeah, JJJ. Just him, yeah, just him acting, uh, all, all the moments he saw on the phone of his wife, just doing, like, his mannerisms, everything, it's all great. Yes. <laughs> Um, I enjoy how bad Peter is at lying in the movie because Peter's really bad at lying in the comic books. Um, mm-hmm. and just, but, uh, I'm a little let down at how all the lies are basically the same, but we'll get into that a bit when I do the Amazing Spider-Man 2 pros. Um, MJ tries to help, but is totally useless at helping, which on one hand is fantastic because yeah, what the fuck are you going to do? It's Spider-Man versus this man with fucking metal arms. And on the flip side of that, to get into the cons for a moment, MJ is fucking useless in this movie. She is 100% a damsel in distress and adds nothing to anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the, the action scenes as a whole in the movie are really solid. Like, the subway fight itself looks really good. Um, you know, it's still kind of, like, exciting. You know, it still does some cool stuff. A lot of, like, uh, web action and throwing stuff, although... Fucking everyone shits on Man of Steel for Superman not being shown saving every single fucking human being that may have been near debris, but Spider-Man is throwing giant clock arms at buildings and causing rubble and clock arms to fall to the streets, and I'm sure people died, but who cares? Fuck Man of Steel, though. Yeah, fuck Man of Steel. Does have the Marvel logo on Does it have the Marvel logo, fuck it. <laughs> uh, but it, still, the action scenes are fun, so I appreciate mm-hmm. that. And uh, finally... <laughs> the other big pro of the movie is Willem Dafoe's in it for a second again. Yeah. I would have been happier if um, they went the, the the comic route and that um, Norman just came back to life. I think if the series continued, they could have just said Norman was still alive. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, again, the serum gives him fucking healing powers. Yeah. Um, and that was another issue people's had with, like, Amazing Spider-Man 2, just to get into that for a second. They were complaining that they killed Norman Osborn, and my reaction to that is just like, did you fucking see a body or even a funeral? No, they just... The movie claimed he was dead. That's yeah. it. He's probably... He could he could easily just be fine. It's comic books, and it's comic movies. You could see someone explode into flames, cremated, their ashes scattered into an ocean, and they could easily just come back next movie. Yep. Uh, clones. Clones. Marvel has the easiest out when it comes to anything with someone dying. It was a clone. So, yeah. Uh, so, that's all of the pros of Spider-Man 2. Um, you know, an okay amount. Now let's, yeah. now, let's get into the cons. Let's get into the cons, like a prison. Um, oh, yeah. I'll, before we get into the cons, I'll give some middle-of-the-road stuff. Uh, I thought that the score of the movie was okay. 
Uh, it's good at times, but it's also just very Danny Elfman. So if you don't like Danny yeah. Elfman, you won't like the score. And sometimes I'm a Danny Elfman fan. Other times I'm not. And it, it depends. It depends on his score. It depends. It's the same thing with Burton, Tim Burton. Yeah. It depends on how Burton he is. It depends on how many how much Elfman is. Like how much Elfman is he throwing into the score? Exactly. If it's like too much, it's unbearable. And sometimes it's too much. Sometimes it's not. It goes back and forth here. Mm-hmm, for sure. Um, uh, the AI arm existence is a great way to set up like Otto being a genius. But um, they keep on talking about trying to win the Nobel Prize. Why didn't he win the Nobel Prize for developing four individual AIs and these fucking arms that could be used for anything? That are they're all powered by one itty bitty like little chip. See through chip. Yeah. Like oh I'm gonna play this thing. Hope this thing doesn't break. <laughs> Why would you put it there? Why don't you put it uh, underneath a bunch of metal? Uh, um. What what are those arms made out of? I'm I'm still really some confused. Some anti magnetic metal. Oh, so that's so that's why they're like light as air for him because yeah. they're anti-magnetic. I don't think that's how that works. No. Anyway, uh, <laughs> and uh, the Oc, uh, Doc Ock sacrifice at the end of the movie is really good and it's very meaningful and it has a lot of emotion, but it falls flat on me because he was a good person to begin with, and then so if he's a good person to begin with, ending the movie as a good person doesn't matter to me because the only thing reason why he was bad was his arms. Mm-hmm. Like if he would have been. Otto Octavius throughout the whole movie and been that dickhead that's just like that on his own is saying there's no way I could have miscalculated I'm gonna do this again and fucking prove them all wrong I know I'm right and then at the end of the movie he goes oh I guess I wasn't right let me fix my mistake would have mattered way more to me mm-hmm. and so it's just like oh no this thing isn't working out like it didn't work out last time yep whoops <laughs> Alright, so that, that's it. That was just the middle of the row stuff. It's stuff that's, like, good and bad, so I just... I felt that it was fair to mention them. For sure. Um, so now let's get into cons. Uh, yeah. Uh, spoilers, there's more cons than pros. <laughs> so, the first con that I wrote, and I was just yelling at my television, was the opening credits are five fucking minutes long. You gotta fill that runtime somehow. Uh, it's... They're so long, they go through fucking every single person in the credits... Uh, and it's really nice Alex Ross art, but it literally retells the entire story of the first movie for no reason. Well, just in case you didn't know the origin of Spider-Man, you can have the origin of Spider-Man again. Perfect. Every film has to give you the origin of Spider-Man. Uh, you guys sick of the origin of Spider-Man yet? No, I'm, I don't know. What is the origin of Spider-Man? I don't even know. They should make well, a movie about okay. that. They should. Uh, they'll make another one in 2017. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so... Uh... The next con is, the fucking movie's all about MJ, again, and she's a bitch. She's a stupid fucking bitch, and she's marrying this guy that she's not even into who's super in love with her because she's a bitch. What a bitch. That's one of my notes is just, what a bitch. But what about my acting? <laughs> how come you... Peter, I know you have to go save people, but how come you're not here... I, I mean, I assume you're like three terrible. Yeah, that's more so three, kinda, but... Whatever. It's, it's but yes, I agree. Too. Yeah, it's... All three of these Sp- Rami Spider-Man movies are about MJ, and the third movie especially is, like, the whole point of Mary Jane is that she's the uh, only person that loves both Peter and Spider-Man. Like, Gwen was just Peter, Black Hat was just Spider-Man, MJ is the whole ba- the whole shebang, and she understands Peter's responsibilities and understands what he has to do. Spider-Man 3, it's all, why don't you come care about my acting and stop being Spider-Man? You gotta come see me. Why aren't you seeing me? The reviews are bad. How come you're not here? I have a seat there. Why aren't you here? Also, I don't know how Peter. she's in a huge Broadway show in Spider-Man 2 that's rave reviews and she's the lead and she's on Billboard Gen Spider-Man 3. Suddenly she's a terrible actress. 
Yeah. How is she getting these roles if she's terrible? Yeah. Anyway. Trust, trust me. There's a lot of other people that be taking these roles. How did they get to a... I don't know if this is too shit. I forgot. I don't... I, I don't think... I don't care. Fuck it. How did they get to the point in the show where their their lead actress's voice is not carrying past the third row? Yeah. How do you get to that point? How do you get to that point? You know that, like, pretty early on. Exactly. Like, they, they dumb, had the show on Broadway and then kicked her out after, like, two nights. Yeah. That's not how... Whatever. Um, <laughs> so moving on to Spider-Man 2 cons. Um, the next con of the film is not a big deal. Just a little con that really bothered me. Uh, Tobey Maguire as a whole. Yeah. He's, he's a bored, uninteresting Spider-Man. He's a mediocre Peter Parker. Nothing about Tobey strikes to me as the correct choice for Spider-Man or Peter Parker. No, it, it never did. I mean, I, I don't know if it's retrospect. At the time didn't bother me that much. I had some issues of like, eh, this isn't quite getting it, but especially looking back on it now, it's like, no. Mm-hmm. And this this film has a bit, I mean, this, all three films have a bunch of it. It's just, he's, he just cries all the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, the biggest joke is like, just like him just like, tearing up, like, Uncle Ben! Ooh! Mary Jane! Mary Jane! I'm gonna take, oh, I gotta take my mask off real quick. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I don't like Toby. I think he really brings down the film a lot as the character. Oh, yeah, I don't, yeah, he's not. Uh, next sure. con, Kirsten Dunst. So back I, to MJ. It's all about MJ. And it's, uh, like, part of this is definitely the script, because I do feel that the scripts wrote MJ's character wrong. MJ's mm-hmm. supposed to be the super cool, supportive, hot chick who's awesome to everyone, and... MJ in this universe is not so I have to accept that to a degree and not blame Kirsten for everything but on the same sense Kirsten to me is just not a Mary Jane in general I don't think she played the role very well no um, I, I agree and I feel that when your two fucking leads are the worst parts of your movie you got a problem yeah then and it was three movies of that <laughs> three movies of that yeah it didn't quite work in the first one let's keep trying guys so yeah um uh, next con, all of Peter and Mary Jane's scenes are terrible. <laughs> There's no chemistry. The dialogue is super unrealistic. It's not bad dialogue. It's not, like, poorly written or anything. It's just fucking shit no one would say to each other. It's it's just awkward. It's uninteresting. I feel that it's, I feel that it's two actors on a stage being actors to each other, not actual people that are into each other. Like a screen test. Yeah, it like feels like a screen not test. Yeah. That been, hey, oh, this is a screen test, right? No, we we signed contracts. You guys are the, in here. The movie's You're out, making, guys. The movie's <laughs> out. Oh. Uh, yeah, I don't, and there's no chemistry, so the love story falls flat to me. Yeah. Uh, you know, you could you could have told me that Kirsten Dunst and um, Tony McGuire were dating or married at the time, and I would have believed you because it feels like. Uh, every cu- it's like it seems like ninety percent of couples who are acting on screen together have no chemistry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's funny how that comes up on a little side thing. Uh, <laughs> interestingly, the opposite is true for Amazing Spider-Man Two, but we'll get into that later. Yes, that's that's a good point. That's one that's one of the ten percent. Yep, absolutely. Uh, 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 one of the cons that I wrote was just piece of delivery. Why? Uh, that some that someone just stole that guy's pizza. I'm sorry, Spider Man just stole that guy's pizza. Um, and that's a funny line, but it's just like, yeah, I want to see Spider Man delivering pizza and not Spider Man fighting bad guys. That's this is a way better scene to open a movie on than Spider Man fighting bad guys. Yay! Yay! Well, because it, I don't know, it costs more money to have him. Fight not bad same guys. amount of CG. I feel. 
No, you have to actually have guy. You have to have actually have stunt actors and choreography. This one, you can just shoot some scenes, scenes of the landscape and a CG and a guy swinging around. Yeah, fucking whatever. That, that's cheaper. Whatever. Or e- easier, I suppose. Yeah, easier. Um, uh, and a con that I put, and this is honestly, this isn't like one of those huge things because other movies have done it, but it always sits wrong with me. Uh, they establish in this movie that the events of the first film were two years ago. So Spidey has been active for two years, yet has no history. He's yeah. just been, I guess, fighting thugs for two straight years, which is insane to me in a superhero universe. Just the idea that like things have to move real time with the, when the movies are coming out, and a supervillain only shows up once every like three or four years. It's just like, how... What? Mm-hmm. Yeah, meanwhile, like, uh, like the Dark Knight films, it was only eight months. Yeah, between uh, six months, actually. Yeah, between the end of the leave. first and the second, it was six months, and that's yeah. fantastic. And then yeah, the and then the second and the third, it was eight years because he yeah. sat by himself in a room. But still, the first two, that was great. Yeah, for sure. I don't. Yeah, two years. Hey, I uh, think they could establish. They, this goes back to the same complaints about the Spider-Man films. So they were kind of, I don't. Know, it felt like they're going to get closer to in the these Spider-Man films. Like, hey, how about in the beginning of the film, you just have him fighting somebody? It doesn't have to be the main villain of the film. Just be like, you know, Shocker or Vulture. Just some, or like, Rhino you know, before he gets run. a suit. Yeah. <laughs> Which was great. And have him do something. And these films are like, nope, just thugs. I've built up no history since defeating Green Goblin. I've, I've, there's been no big rogues have shown up. No world building, nothing. Yeah, just, nothing. Here's a film. Here's your villain. Kill him. That villain will never show up again. So it's great. Yeah, I love just murdering villains in every single movie. That's great. I love best way to go about the it. The best way. <laughs> um, uh, next con, uh, Peter gets shit on way too much all of the time in this movie. Like Peter has bad luck in the comics, but everyone in this universe hates Peter Parker apparently. Yeah. Like there's times, like it starts off funny, like when Peter drops his books and like book bags keep hitting him in the head as he's trying to pick them up, or he's late for stuff. But then he gets to, like, the party where Mary Jane gets proposed to, and he, he can't even pick up an hors d'oeuvre because everyone in the party hates him. And mm-hmm. it's just, at that point, it just gets tiring. Yep. The end. <laughs> yep, man. Boom. Um, arms controlling Otto isn't needed. Otto should be overconfident and crazy on his own. We already talked about this. No need to talk about it more. It's true. Um, <laughs> the biggest... All caps, and I got this from you years ago, and is the best yeah. con, so, you know what, since you're the one that first said it between the two of us, please say this con. Here's my biggest problem with Spider-Man 2, and it all centers around Octavius's plot. He uh, wakes up, he's like, I gotta redo my plan, I gotta rebuild my machine, but I need the parts to build the machine, I know, I'll steal money to buy the parts Clearly. to build my machine. <laughs> It's so stupid. Just fuck. Yeah. Jeez. It's such a. I think you're gonna. I think this is gonna come up. Like it's so silver agey. Yes, and it's very silver agey. And I expect this to be an issue, like or like in the old '60s cartoon show or something. It's like, oh no, uh, there's been a bunch of bank robberies. I wonder what he's up to. And then Spider-Man will find out he's been like someone's been buying these parts. Then he'll track who's been buying the parts and where they've been being shipped to. Mm-hmm. They're going to some warehouse. He'll go there. It's like, oh no, Octavius building his doomsday weapon. Yeah, I, I had to steal money to buy these parts. Ha-ha. It's like Curse you, Spider-Man. it's like Doctor Alchemy, and I think it was like issue six of the Flash Silver Age when he got a stone that could turn anything into gold. He turned garbage cans into gold to distract the police while he robbed money from the bank. Yep. 
which is hilarious, but not what I want to see in a modern film. No. Oh no! I, at this point, I think I might want to see that in a modern. Okay, film. that that kind of that because it's so over the top that it's funny. Whereas this is being sold as legitimate and serious. Legitimate and seriously, that I need to rebuild my machine, make it bigger and better. I need the equipment. I, I can't get the equipment. Oh, I got. I'll it. need money, so let's steal that. Let's go to the bank and steal the steal money bags of coins. Bags of coins <laughs> with with dollar signs on them. the side. So if he's carrying these really heavy bags of coins, like how is he? How is he carrying those? Because like the arms are on his back. I don't. I don't. And moving I'm on. Sometimes. <laughs> what powers these arms? I'm confused. Um. So the next con I put is that Silver Age dialogue is everywhere. Every, all the dialogue feels like it's from the Silver Age. Everything feels like it's from the Silver Age, which is great if you like the Silver Age, best. But I feel that there's a reason why comics moved away from Silver Age storytelling. Yep. And, and again, you know, if you really like the Silver Age, this won't bother you. My comic store guy, who's a great guy, you know, he can actually have discussions, like not arguments or debates, just discussions. He really likes Spider-Man 2, and he really likes, like, say, Superman Returns over Man of Steel, and it's completely isolated in the fact that he likes the Silver Age storytelling. And that's fine. But it ain't for me. You know, there's good Silver Age storytelling, and then there's bad Silver Age storytelling. I agree, and to me, this is the bad kind. Yep. Um, next con, Mary Jane marrying Tron. John, not sure. Uh, I would watch a movie about... Bruce Boxleitner? <laughs> Bruce Boxleitner is in this as Tron. It's fantastic. Five out of five. Well, now that Spider-Man's back at Disney, we can have this. Oh, my God, yes. He'll, he can wear the Tron suit from the comics. Yeah. Um, see, uh, Mary Jane marrying John is a trite, pointless story element that didn't need to be in the movie at all. Nope. Introducing John Jameson just felt pointless in all the films anyways. Yep. If he was a werewolf in the third movie, that would have been swell. Or, yeah. like, if his ship coming back from orbit in the third movie brought the symbiote, that would have worked. Yep. Instead, John just shows up and then doesn't show up again. Yeah. Introducing <laughs> introducing things that have potential and then squandering them. Um, this this con is uh, made me yell at the TV the loudest. I was very angry about this. Uh, my fiancé uh, was just like, holy shit, Steve, you're going nuts about this. This, is, this breaks the film apart. Uh, the landlord's daughter... Offers Peter a slice of chocolate cake and a glass of milk. Peter is finishing eating his cake, and on the plate are yellow cake crumbs. Well, you know, in Man of Steel, uh, Clark didn't take his jacket when he was going out to search for the, the Kryptonian ship. So, that's just lazy filmmaking. It's, it didn't really... It, it did really make me as mad as I'm saying, although I know it's a pointless thing, but it's just just one of those things that bothers me way more than it should, but it's on my list, so I'm saying it. Well, my, my joke is that uh, that doesn't matter. This matters because, like, his several million dollar film, you think whoever's keeping track... I, I um, forget the name of the person. The person that keeps track of continuity. Well, there's script supervisor, they're... but then there's, like, so yeah. many PAs and stuff. Like, everyone, in a way, is in charge of continuity on these films. Yeah, the person and if the only the, the cake set, prop set you have is yellow cake, maybe just when you're shooting her line, which had to have been the same day because that wasn't a long shoot for that scene, just have her mm -hmm. say, would you like a piece of cake? That's yep. all. Okay, uh, next con. Peter takes his mask <laughs> off all the fucking time. All the time. Yeah. He takes his mask off in an alley, on rooftops, um... At the end to auto, 
uh, in front of other people on the train, and, like, the train demask by itself would have been fine if he didn't take his mask off all the other fucking times. Yeah, it has no weight power to it. It's almost like he's swinging, he lands, he needs to look around, so he pulls the mask off so he can look like, around. Like, shit, I can't see mask. anything out of these lenses. <laughs> yeah, why, why the fuck are you wearing this? <laughs> uh, it's, just, it's happening way too much. So, like you said, it's like the weight of it is terrible. Like, I mean, people complained slightly when the mask came off in Amazing Spider-Man 1, but, like, mm -hmm. when Dennis Leary took off his mask during the cop scene, Peter made it a point to keep his head down the entire time and only reveal to himself to just Dennis Leary. Mm -hmm. And then the only other time the mask came up is when he was on such a high rooftop and the lizard did it to him and no one else was around. Yeah, that mask stayed on. Yeah. And it, it was Amazing Spider-Man 2. Well, we'll get into that anyway. So yeah, takes the mask <laughs> off way too fucking much and it's clearly like a contract producer actor thing. Like, we gotta show Tim McGuire's face every so much. Mm -hmm. Um, My last con, uh, Mary Jane wasted thousands of dollars on this wedding. What a bitch. At yeah, any uh, point right. prior to that moment, she could have changed her mind and not wasted thousands of dollars. Nope, gotta have a dramatic shot of her. Like, yeah, have that shot of, huh, no, this isn't for me. I'm a bride running out of here. I gotta go back to the Peter's little shit apartment. Hey, Peter, I love you. Yay. Yay, I'm Peter. I have to go and stop more villains that never show That we up. never see. Never see. Uh, so, yeah, that's Spider-Man 2. Uh, more cons and pros. Two out of five. Yeah, I'd say two out of five. That's 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 really rare. When it first came out, I was obviously younger. I was like, oh, this is this is different. This is very it was fun and nice. And uh, guess what? You know, it just films don't hold up. It doesn't everywhere. hold up compared to even the Marvel Studios movies that we think are bland. Yeah. Even those mm -hmm. like have an overall level of quality that's higher than this film. For sure. Um, and like we've said, like we find that. Like, we, there are some absolute gem Marvel Studios movies, but on a whole, most of them are just okay. But yeah. even those are better than this as a whole, we feel. Mm -hmm. Okay, so moving on, let's go through Amazing Spider-Man 2, and then we'll just slightly, temporarily compare them. This is, I guess this is going to be a slightly longer episode than usual, but it's something I'm very passionate about. No, let's just go for it. Who cares? Um, so you're welcome, guys. Look at all this free stuff that you're getting for... Um, five years from five, now, $6.99. This is $6.99 worth of material, and if you're listening to it you know, in 2015, you're getting that rebate. So this is super quality. If you're listening to this in 2020, let us know how Spider-Man turned out. <laughs> I hope so. Um... So Amazing Spider-Man 2 um, had a bunch of ads, a lot of hype, uh, you know, released pictures. Everyone was super pumped about the suit looking 1,000% comic accurate. Oh, man, the eyes. The eyes. Oh, when that first promo image of, the, like, the eyes, yeah. eyes and the masks showed up, I was I was sold. I'm like, oh, my oh, God. Oh, yeah, I don't like the... I wasn't going to list it as, like, a con or even a middle of the row because it's so subjective, but I hate the eyes on the Spider-Man suit in the Raimi movies because he looks mm -hmm. like an evil Spider-Man. Like, they're small yeah. and narrow, and, like, like my fiancé, she enjoys the reflector, the ref reflective lenses, and that's fine, but it's just the way they're shaped with the reflective lenses. It looks more like the Superior Spider-Man than Spider-Man, yeah. which point. is before Superior existed, so maybe, but I think that <laughs> Superior based their look on that for that reason. Mm -hmm. But where these eyes are just like, hi, I'm Spider-Man, and everything's gonna be okay. Um... You know, a lot of hype. The trailers showed a lot of the Rhino, which was a horrible mistake. Uh, fuck that marketing department that made those decisions. 
Yeah. Uh, I would say the marketing for the first film was also kind of terrible because I think at the end, by the by the time the movie came out, there's compilations on YouTube. Like they released so many clips for that movie that there's probably 45 minutes of the film that you could just watch online. Yeah. I, this film didn't do that much, nearly as much, and I thought that was no, good. Right. Yeah, the whole rhino. Yeah, the whole rhino being yeah. a part of it at all was a terrible mistake. Um, so the movie comes out. I saw it opening day, one of the early showings. I walked out of the theater being like, that was fucking... I was expecting it to be, like, okay, and I walked out of it being blown away. Like, oh, holy shit, this is one of... this is That was the best Spider-Man movie, and by far, I think, one of the best Marvel movies. Like, if you include on the Marvel Studios and all the other Marvel movies, this is in the top, like, three. That was that was so good. I can't wait to... I'm so glad they made a really good Spider-Man movie. I can't wait to talk about how good it was on the internet tonight. Big oh boy, was that a big mistake! As Jack Slater would say, big mistake. Um, everyone hated this movie. I don't know why. It has some issues, and we'll go through the issues. But yes. fucking, everyone hates it, and I don't know why. Yeah, it was a. It, I don't and know. And it made it made money. It made plenty of money. It wasn't even close to a flop. It can't even be called a disappointment. It just made less money than Sony would have liked it to. That's all. Yeah. So, so let's get into the pros and cons here. Uh, pros first, of course. Um, the opening of the film, from the dad's perspective, is really cool. I, I like yeah. the fact that it's the same opening as the first movie, except from a completely different perspective, and that's a cool idea. That's something I don't see that often. I dug it. Um, I will get into the, how I feel about the whole dad storyline later, but that scene by itself is really cool, and I dug it. Mm. I agree. I, I, I enjoyed that quite a bit. I like... I don't know. I'll, I'll to quote George Lucas. It's like it's like poetry, you know. It rhymes. Yes. <laughs> um. Next pro. Uh. This was in all caps as I'm watching this movie. Spider Man is really happy when he's Spider Man. Also jokes. Because yeah. Tom McGuire was not happy when he was Spider Man. He seemed to not like being Spider Man. Oh yeah, I forgot to say. Uh, one of the big cons of Spider Man Two was. Uh, Spider-Man losing his powers was a huge fucking stupid plot that wasted way too much fucking time in that movie. Also, it made no sense. Impotence. He's impotent. It made no sense, because it's not like... It's not like... Because the way the powers work is that they're an innate ability of Peter Parker. If you get really bummed out, you don't stop seeing. Your eyes don't yeah. stop working. You don't fucking... You can't lose stuff like that just because your subconscious doesn't want it. That's not how fucking your body works. I'm really upset, so my lungs are gonna stop. Exactly, working. like it's, it's not how it was. It was stupid, and thirty minutes of the movie was wasted on Peter not having powers and trying to get them back. It was a waste of time, wasted a bunch, a huge chunk of that movie that didn't need to be there. I forgot to say that. I'm sorry. Back to Amazing Spider-Man Two. A, a film where he doesn't lose. Where he doesn't lose. Have empathy. He doesn't have empathy. No, because he's happy being Spider-Man the way it should be, and I'm so glad to see that. It was so much better. I mean, even in the first film, but especially in Amazing Spider-Man 2, so much better than Tobey Maguire or Raimi's yeah. version. He's so quippy. He's actually got it down right. Every, uh, yeah, that's that's been my biggest point of the Amazing Spider-Man films, is that, hey, this is actually Spider-Man. He's quippy. He's, I don't know how you can say it anymore. He's actually Spider-Man to me. Yeah, I agree. And I'll still say yeah. that. Unless, this, unless whoever they get new is equally as good as Garfield and the writing, I'm going to keep on saying Garfield is the Spider-Man. Yeah. <clears throat> um... I'm right there. Uh, another pro, and the next pro was the opening action sequence was fantastic. Way better than delivering pizzas. It showed him actually fighting major crime and not just kind of thugs mugging someone. You know, it was Rhino before he's the Rhino. It's a great scene. There was kept catching all the plutonium, uh, racing to try to get to graduation. It was all fantastic. 
on the mm. phone with Gwen was hilarious. Everything was good in that scene. Everything was so good. Yeah, I, I a lot. That's your brain. I I think we might hit that bit later. But yeah, just the they did a much better job of him juggling being Spider Man and having a relationship with Gwen. Mm-hmm. So much better because it's not for him. It's not. Oh, it's I don't know. Like the other films had this big like dark aura of burden and choice. This film's like no, I can. I mean, it has a bit of it, but it has. It has a bit of it because of her father, not because of him and her. Yeah, but like generally, it's like he's like, yeah, I can do this. I'm having, yeah, I can do the right thing and have my life. Mm -hmm. It's great. It's not. It's not so gloom, doom and gloom. Exactly. All three other films. Exactly. Um, uh, the next uh, pro, I really like what they did with uh, Electro Max. Um, I know a lot of people don't like that, and that's fine. You know, again, that's a subjective thing. You know, I understand why people don't like it, but I like that he's a really unstable, crazy, lonely person that's on the brink of losing it. Yeah, um, I remember some complaints saying it comes out of nowhere. It's like, no, they established he's pretty nuts, though. Yeah. Like when he's assaulting the one guy that works um, Shit, I forgot the actor's name. I apologize. Anyways, he assaults an act, uh, one of the people that works at Oscar. The guy who invents the Spider about. Slayers in the comic universe, Al- uh, Alistair. Um, oh, cool. yeah. I forget his. I forget the name offhand. I I know the character. I've read all the fucking comics, but the name is slipping me. I, I missed that reference. That's a good one. Um, like you know, he's there's plenty of times he's like really really referencing that he's like infatuated Spider Man, all this other stuff, and like it makes it's not that odd. It makes super sense to me. Field. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I like the uh, design of the Goblin because it's more like the ultimate design, and it, I think it looks really cool. Yeah, I liked it. I liked that he actually looked terrifying. Yes. It's, I'm, ugh, that stupid costume from the first Spider-Man movie. <laughs> I, 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 it makes me upset because there's behind-the-scenes footage that a great animatronic, practical goblin mask mm-hmm. looked great, but I get why they didn't go that route. It's just sad they didn't because that's stupid. Like I, I always call it Power Rangers costume. Yeah, he looks like a... Yeah, had. absolutely agree. He looks like an American Power Ranger, not even like the traditional Power Ranger. He looks like the yeah. even worse American suits. Yeah. Um... Yeah, I really, really loved. He had that grit, like that grin. He like looked like he just couldn't take off his face, mm-hmm. and it's nasty. And I love yeah. it. Yeah, but instead they went with that suit. So I appreciate the lecture. They went all out. Um, uh, next uh, pro, I really like Harry in this movie. It's a very different version than the James Franco version. Oh, sorry, I thought we moved on to Green nope, Goblin. Gotcha. Yeah, I like Electro yeah. too. Um, sorry, but yeah, yeah uh, Harry and this Green Goblin again, as you started to say, um, uh, the way. Harry plays it is much more somber, you know, someone with a sad past who wasn't in charge of his life. Fits way more with the themes than how Harry should be, I feel. Yeah, that's I remember being in the comics. All um, and his goblin is terrifying. Yeah, that's what, yeah, sorry, yeah, that, that's, that's what I was trying to get at, yeah. It's, he, he is yeah. someone that's on the brink all the time, struggling to hold it together. Mm-hmm. That's what the goblin, like, that's a scary version of goblin. And the what they did with Willem Dafoe character-wise for the Goblin in the first movie, is good, too. I'm not saying this is better, but this is a different type of good, and I like this different type. Yeah. Because like, I, he's forced I, I, to I, smile I, the whole time because that's what the drugs and the toxin and everything and his disease are just, just fucking doing to him. It's great. Mm-hmm. And I was not... When yeah. you, they first showed the pictures of the Goblin, was not sold. At all. When I saw him in the movie, I was like, I was wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Like when he first shows up, you hear the laugh. The oh yeah, and he, you hear the laugh, and yeah. he's just like, and he just talks like this with his teeth grit the whole time. It's mm. it's so good. Yeah. Um, next pro, Peter and Gwen are adorable. 
Yeah, great chemistry. Amazing chemistry. And some people bitch that their scenes are, like, annoying or cringy. And while that's not wrong, that's also exactly how teenagers in love are. It's, yeah, it's super very, realistic. Yeah. And yeah, 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 exactly what I was going to say. Very realistic. Um, and I love watching them on screen. I get why some people don't, and that's fine, but the movie isn't bad because you don't like that sort of relationship. I thought it was adorable, and I could watch just Peter and Gwen all day. Uh, the movie's shit because it's not the kind of relationships I expect people to have. Exactly. Me and my future five-star supermodel wife <laughs> are going to be the most great couple. It's going to be exactly how I want it to be. Perfect. Fuck you. That's exactly it. You're right. This is a terrible movie. <laughs> and again, this is that 10% because Andrew Garfield and um, Emma Stone together in real life. Mm-hmm. And I see the chemistry. Yeah, it came through for sure. Because I, like I said before, there were some times... When uh, a couple acting again with each other on film, oh man, it does not work. <laughs> exactly, but you you'd think they want to like murder each mm-hmm. other. But here it works. Yeah, for sure. Um, Sally Fields as May is fantastic. Yeah, that was, that was, that was very good casting. Great casting. Sure. I like May being a little bit younger and being able to do stuff. And the old frail May has her place too, and she's fine. And you know, May in the Raimi movies was a good casting for that type of May. But I really prefer the Sally Fields version of May. Yeah. Agreed. And I appreciate that May super knows that Peter is Spider-Man. Because she's not retarded. Nope. <laughs> like, she knows! And she doesn't tell him because she doesn't need to. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, next pro, it's just a nice little moment of, Peter, of uh, Spidey saving Jorge and fixing his windmill. And just the moment of dialogue of, what's your name? I'm Jorge. Oh, okay. I'm I'm Spider Man. As if the kid doesn't know who he is. But I appreciate it's a, it's a it's a very like Spider Man. It's a moment. very Spider Man moment. It's a great moment. That's way better than fucking delivering pizzas. <laughs> Where do keep going back to pizzas? Because that's all you fucking did. <laughs> um, it's just it's just a nice Spider Man moment, and I like seeing stuff like that. Like you don't have to waste a bunch of time on Peter doing this stuff, even though the movie has a montage of Peter saving like everyday people and stopping everyday crime. It's all very short, and it's just showing that what he's doing. But it's all very Spider-Man, and I like that. Um, next pro, uh, Peter is so bad at lying. Like, comic book level bad at lying in this film. Way better at being bad at lying than Toby was in the Spider-Man movies. Because in Spider-Man 2, everything was just, there was a disturbance. And it was bad lies, but there's creativity with the bad lies here. Like, washing the American flag in the washing machine... Or not having a chimney. Yeah. Just the most ridiculous. <laughs> like, why would you think of that? But that's exactly what Peter's like in the comics, and I loved that it was in this movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's all I have to say about that. It was fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot, a lot of grievance for that, sure. Um, Electro's first scene is amazing. Everything about that first scene is amazing. I appreciate that he's just confused. He doesn't know what's going on. He doesn't want to hurt anyone. He's blown away that he's on the TV. Like, my heart wrenched for him when he's just happy that people are looking at him. Yeah, I like I like that a lot. That, um, starting him off by just being very confused. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, no, what's happened to me? This, that. Uh, people are paying attention to me. My face is up there. Oh, wow, neat. No. And it's like, you look, you're a weirdo. We have to shoot at yeah, you Yeah, then now, he gets shot at, thinks. and then people stop looking at him, and that's what pushes him over the edge, because now he finally has power. And again, it mm-hmm. makes sense. I don't know why people were like, it comes out of nowhere. It doesn't. Everything was building up to this moment, and it makes perfect sense. Um, yeah. And the music in that scene is, oh, I love the music. I, I lo- Yeah, Hans Zimmer doing dubstep was fantastic. It was so good. And I hate dubstep, but his dubstep in this movie 
Um, wait, wait, was it Hans Zimmer? Yeah. He did the score space of Spider-Man 2? I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, hey, there you go. It's fantastic. It was great, and the dubstep coming up every time for Electro was great, and whatever band sang the Electro song during that scene, where it was literally just Electro's brain thinking of this stuff, was really spooky mm-hmm. and really struck a really good chord with me. Like, a really good chord. I really liked it a lot. Nice. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it, too. Like, I listened, I listened to that track on the sound, on the soundtrack and I had it solid. Yeah, yeah, it's great music. Like this music blew me away. I, it was one of the best movie superhero movie scores I've heard in a very long time. And I feel not enough people talk about the music. They talk about what they think is bad in the movie everywhere. Um uh, to answer your question, he uh looks like he collaborated with the Magnificent 6. That's Pharrell Williams, Michael Einziger, Junkie XL, Johnny Marr, Andrew Kow with sorry, Kow since Zinsky, sorry, and uh, Steve Mazzaro nice. to answer your question about cool, that. Cool, that's cool. Um, next pro, Spidey in a firefighter helmet. That was fun. That's very Spider-Man. <laughs> very Spider-Man. Like t- hey, guess what? Amazing Spider-Man 2. Very Spider-Man. That's, pr- that's the review, and I don't know why people hate the movie. Like, what the fuck do you want? Uh, anyway, okay, so moving on. That's a, that's a small <laughs> pro, but it's a pro that I need to state, because as you said, it's very Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Um... Another nice pro that I like in this is some people don't like Spider-Man in this, and some do. Whereas yep. in the Raimi movies, they try to sell the whole idea that uh, Jameson's turning the city against Spider-Man. No. But everyone loves Spider-Man. It's, pre- it's a post-9-11 New York. Everyone loves everyone Spider-Man. Everyone loves Spider-Man. He has fucking parades and events about and... him. He gets the key to the city. The one thing I will hope... Uh, if In the new films, they do, but they probably won't because I feel like no one does this. I don't know why... The thing I love most about the 60s series um, is mostly yeah, Silver Age in the beginning of the end of the Silver Age um, there's that it's industry commentary on like the power of the press and power of newspapers yes. about how Jonah through his hatred of Spider-Man can turn people's opinions like all the time in the comics it'd be people like watching a television or reading newspapers talking and Peter Underwalk by hearing people say like a lot of people, like in New York, saying like, agreeing with Jay Jonah, he's a menace. People were giving a Jay Jonah awards mm-hmm. and ta- like having him speak and stuff, and saying like you're doing the right thing, and like, and and it's through Peter having to persevere through that and then prove it wrong or have people come over to side slowly. And I feel like all the films just like gloss over that, like ignore it or have everyone immediately like, yeah, Spider Man. Yeah. So I'm 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 very pumped that Amazing Spider Man Two at least showed it was half and half. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully, and I hope, I hope they can. I hope do they can better. do that. I feel like there's a, there's a lot there's a lot of material there, but I don't know why I don't know why they'd want to use it. I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, big pro that I put, and I'll read my exact note that I wrote by hand here. Quote: Harry's motivation is super realistic. Fuck everyone claiming it's stupid. End quote. So many people on the internet claim that Harry's motivation makes no sense, it's stupid, it comes out of nowhere, to which I respond, I think someone not being afraid of dying is the best motivation to do anything. There is no more pure primal urge to do something than to do it so that you won't die. Yeah. For sure. Like, he, he immediately goes from, hey, everything's fine, oh, my dad's dying, oh, I'm dying, well, we gotta get this fixed. <laughs> exactly! And, like... 
And everything makes sense, you know, like he's desperate. He will do anything to fix this. You know, he's angry at Spider-Man for not saving him because, again, he doesn't want to die. And then when he finds out that Peter is Spider-Man, then he's super pissed because his best friend betrayed him and his best friend didn't help him not die. Everything makes sense. That super makes sense. That makes way more sense than Harry wanting to kill Spider-Man for for bringing his dead dad back home and a butler that lived with Harry for years without telling him that his dad died because of his dad. Until it was Until necessary. It was necessary. I was there. Your father. Thanks, Butler. We never heard you speak or do anything this fucking time. Time. Yeah, thanks. seriously. Thanks, buddy. Thanks, buddy. That could have been helpful. Like, I could have been doing that could have been stuff. helpful in Spider-Man too when you said that your father only obsessed over his work and then you just went home. <laughs> Thanks, omnipotent Butler. Uh, so, uh, yeah. So I really uh, Harry's motivations again. Perfect fucking sense in this movie. If you don't think it makes sense, I mean. Again, it's subjective opinion, so I don't want to say you're wrong, but this is one of those very rare occurrences where I'm like, what fucking movie did you watch? And what? how does your brain work where you think someone not wanting to die doesn't make sense? I just, mm-hmm. I don't get that. Yeah. Um, okay, uh, my next pro, and this is one of those small pros that I just enjoy. Uh, when Garfield is in the Oxford location, I enjoyed uh, Andrew Garfield, who is British, playing an American that is guessing what a British person would say. Yeah. Uh, it was just funny. It's more... Yeah, good, com- good comedy Yeah, good bits. comedy bit, and just more so because he is actually British. So he was just like, uh, what would an American be like in this situation? And it was funny. And it was just Peter again. It was just good. Very Spider-Man. He's also in probably one of the worst uh, episodes of Doctor New Who. Yes. Definitely one of the worst. But it, it was funny because that was my first exposure to Andrew Garfield. So then when he showed up in this for a very long time, I just assumed that Andrew Garfield was an English, I'm sorry, was an American actor that was casted in Doctor Who that episode specifically because it took place in New York. I didn't realize (laughs) that he was a British guy doing an American accent. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, moving on. Uh, Oh yeah, um, the whole scene of uh, Harry and Electro killing that douchebag CEO and then immediately bringing him back to life was hilarious yeah as a minotaur and i wish they would they would have did that for like five minutes not really five minutes that would have been terrible but (laughs) i could have watched that for a while Mm -hmm. um next pro uh gwen is really smart and useful and strong in this movie she has purpose she's not a damsel in distress she's an actual independent character that matters and it has nothing to do with her gender she's just a good character yeah, she's successful. She's like she, this. Gwen is actually like she is in the comics. She's smart. She uh, does a lot. Does a lot of great, you know, work and mm-hmm. things. She's not, you know, uh, they established in the first film that she's intelligent. She has an internship at Oscorp, doing all these cool things. Smarter than Peter. Yeah, doing a great yeah. job. Way better than Mary Jane. Way better than Mary Jane in the movies. Yes. Um. So yeah, I really like that. Um. Another pro I like is when Electro plays the Itsy Bitty Spider theme with the uh, poles, and that's something people don't like that I get why they don't like, but I liked it. Mm-hmm. That's all. <laughs> fun. It's a, just a little yeah, fun that's things. it. It was just a little fun thing, and I think people are looking for reasons to hate the film. Um, yeah. One of my favorite moments of the movie is Peter freaking the fuck out when Gwen shows up at the fight with Electro. And he's just yelling, yeah. like, what are you doing here? And he's just, like, he's grabbing his head. He doesn't know what to do with his hands because he's so freaked out. 
And, of course, the great yeah. moment of Gwen standing up for herself, again, being a great independent character that has nothing to do with her gender, saying, this is my choice, I'm helping you, just deal with it. It's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, another great pro is all, and this is all-encompassing for the whole movie, all of the action in this movie is top-notch. It's rare for me to see such consistent action scenes that are just so full of adrenaline and so fun to watch and make me feel like a kid again, and this movie is all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, next bit uh, again the goblin is super creepy and crazy and he's terrifying but we already talked about that Yeah. next big pro Spidey keeps his mask on for the whole climax yeah I mean I, I imagine that's also because it's easier that way I would say so but you know fucking he took off his mask enough in the Raimi movie so who fucking knows <laughs> that's that's very um, but yeah he I mean, for both fights he kept his mask on he didn't take his mask off to fight Harry he didn't take his mask off at any point to show Max that he's just a guy it didn't come off in the fight it was on the whole time which I think is the first time that's happened mm-hmm. all the other Spider-Man climaxes his mask came off so good job yeah it's like time to fight rip off the <laughs> mask <laughs> I can't see anything out of these lenses I'm gonna need to <laughs> I can't see anything out of this um Next pro, the fight against the Goblin is very unique for Spider-Man. Like, it's not... He's not able to jump around, use a bunch of webbing. It's not, like, a very high agility fight. It's, like, fucking rough and tumble on the ground rolling around. It's very tight, close quarters, and that's a very unique, cool thing that I've never seen before with Spider-Man, and I loved it. Yeah. And it was it was a very great struggle, because he's also trying to save Gwen. He's trying to hold back Harry, and it's, just, it's a good scene. Good... Yeah, um, did you, um, I haven't had a chance to pick up the Blu-ray. Now, does the deleted scenes have a lot, any more footage from this, from the fight scenes? Uh, not really from the fight scenes, no. Okay, because I remember, man, I don't, I mean, I was just misunderstood. I remember hearing, like, when it was going out for ratings, they had to cut a lot of, like, like, some of the fight scenes at the end of the film, because apparently it was too I much, mean, the, like, too, like, like, too violent. They may have done that, but those scenes aren't on this Blu-ray. I was Maybe next year that. when the ultimate Amazing Spider-Man 2 Blu-ray comes out. It'll mm-hmm. all the other scenes will be on that, but for this it was just like scenes with his dad and a couple extra dialogue scenes. Okay. Um, but I'd love to see. I'd love to see what they had to cut because it was too violent. Yeah, I might be mis- I might be mistaken, but I, I, I remember reading that, so I might be you know, so. Um, another bit that people hate, but it makes my heart break, is the web becoming a hand as he's trying to save Gwen. Uh, it's yeah, it is a little heavy. It's absolutely heavy I, I got it. I got the symbolism. I get what they're going for. I didn't, I didn't mind it. It was enough for me to poop mm-hmm. on the film for it. See, for me, like I agree, it's heavy-handed. You know, it's not subtle at all. Still, hit my emotions. It still made me like cover my mouth with my hands in the theater and hope that he would save her, even though logically I knew that wasn't going to happen. Yeah. Uh, That'd be a great swerve if they if they if, uh, should. Yeah. Oh, I'm fine. Which, which I guess we're going to move yeah. into. Uh, um, the next pro is losing Gwen is very painful and real. Uh, she yeah. hits the ground and she's gone. And originally, and some oh, of the no. scenes um, on the Blu-ray is you get to... Originally, she hits the ground and gets to talk to Peter before she dies, which I hate in movies. And I feel that Mark yeah. Webb watched that and realized how cliched it was and said, no, he doesn't get to say goodbye. It's nope. way more realistic she, like this. He catches her, then she like because the, the bungee grip smacks <laughs> like bam right into the floor and bounce up and is like oh, oh Jesus Christ! I I uh, appreciated that. It so was much brutal. I was like, I, I was like, finally they're finally gonna kill somebody. And a- not not because I'm trying to be cruel. It's just like 
in the comics, obviously Gwen dies, but it's like when they when everything was just Mary Jane, Mary Jane in the previous films, like well, and she always gets saved. Are they gonna Are they gonna kill her? Yeah. I mean, no, they're not. So there's no tension. Yeah. But I mean, it was very and it's heartbreaking. And he's just and he just holds her for a really long time and cries, and it's just it's real. They give weight to yeah, that scene. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. And the next pro again is like Peter standing at Gwen's grave for months is heart wrenching, and again, it's so fucking real. I mean, if I lost my fiance, I would be in shambles. And I, I see myself as Peter. I would be in front of that grave for months. I wouldn't be able to do anything else with my life for a very long time. So, if you're fine with that, how does that mean? Um, I forget. I forget. I forget if you're one of the people that was mad that uh, Bruce gave up being Batman. See, here's the difference, the though. Uh, Peter gave up being Spider-Man for a few months. Bruce gave up being Batman for well, eight years. Well, why? What's wrong with that? Why can't Bruce's grieving process take eight years while Peter just got over it more quickly? <clears throat> I just think eight years is too I, long. Eh, it didn't bother me. I, I just I just know a lot of people who'd say that. I, I feel like they're both interchangeable. Like you can't get mad at one and not then be okay with the other. I think that's my personal point. We can leave it at that. But I was just curious if you if it affected that. Well, at all. I am one of those people. I feel is different because of the amount of time, um, the fact that Bruce and his friend weren't in a relationship. Um, so, you know, how much love was there? And that's not, that's unfair because there could be just as much love. I'm not saying that. Um, and just the general idea that I feel that Batman is a stronger person than Peter is. And again, Peter is a teenage boy. Mm. But again, I, I feel that it's different, but I see your point. Okay, I just want to yeah. bring that up. I it's a very fair thing to bring up, absolutely. I like, like, again, I personally disagree, but it's a very fair point to bring up. It's something that should be thought about. Yeah. Um... Moving on, though. Um, yeah, yeah. For sure. uh, May's pep talk about not forgetting but moving on is a fantastic pep talk for life. Like, anyone that loses anyone needs to hear that because I think it can help with almost any situation because it's so... It's be- it's a beautiful moment, and it's that Sally Field May that knows her shit and knows what's going on. Because she's a secret agent. <laughs> I'm fine with that. I like how that was a rumor and everyone freaked out and blamed Sony for being retarded, and then Sony went like, What? Where are you guys fucking getting that? That that was never ever an idea. Thanks, thanks, no, Latino review. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Latino review. Um, and the final pro is the end. Aside from fuck the marketing team for everything they did, did with Rhino prior to the movie coming out. Fuck mm-hmm. all that. However, the movie ending is fantastic. The fact that it's ending with Spidey starting to fight Rhino is a great establishment that Spidey keeps fighting supervillains off-screen and not just when we're looking at him in this movie. And I love that. I love that idea. I love the whole, you know, he's Spider-Man is back and he's going to keep being Spider-Man even if you're not seeing him right this second. That's a great ending. I've never... I don't think I've seen another superhero movie that does that, at least not offhand. Um. Yeah, nothing comes to mind immediately. Maybe uh, the Blade films. Yeah, he's still fighting vampires. Yeah. Yeah. At the end of the first one, he's in Russia mm-hmm. and then fighting. So I mean, I guess that's. I don't know if that's the same kind of. Uh, it could kind of count thing, at least. It's it, enough to bring up. Yeah. 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 But you know, like none of the Batman movies ended with him busting in on fucking Scarecrow, again, or nope. you know anyone, or uh, the Esther movies starting with fucking I don't know the Blob, or. <laughs> You know, Iron Man ending with him fighting the fucking Crimson Dynamo. It all just ends, and that's it. And as far as we know, nothing yeah. happens till the next movie. So, mm-hmm. but let's be fair. Everyone knows I love Amazing Spider-Man 2, but let's talk about the cons. There are a couple. Um, 
The opening plane action scene is pretty dumb. I don't like it because I think that's the one action scene in the movie I don't like because it's too sh- it's it's shot. I want to say like modern. It's action. it's a like born movie. Too close. It's too close, and it's all it's too shaky. I agree. Um, it's it's exciting, but it's dumb. Yeah, I don't like the action scene either. It doesn't need to be there. I I don't know. I don't. I didn't like it. I thought it was pointless. Um, and continuing that, I think the entire Father Roosevelt story is pointless and wasted time. Um, Peter could have easily like I'm fine with the whole the spider the genetic spider is based on Richard Parker's blood and that's why Peter turns into Spider Man but it won't work on Harry. I'm yeah. I like that he could have found that video file in the calculator. Yeah, I uh, I know you um we're talking about it. I know you're gonna bring up like me the whole subway thing. Yeah, is dumb. Yeah, like you're expecting expect me to believe that Peter Parker, uh, what's his father's name again? Richard. Um, Richard Parker, that's why I was say that, but Peter, uh, Richard, you me believe that Richard, like, somehow built this big lab, like, inside a subway train car, that everything's still fine, the computer still works, it's just now completed uploading, like, what? I don't know. Yeah. It's, it, that, that, that stuff was a bit too Agreed. Much. It's, a, it's a waste of time, you know, if, it, if I was in charge of this movie editing, I would have cut, or directing, or writing, or whatever, I would have cut that entire bit out of the movie. Yeah, have him, like, throw the calculator and find, like, something... Again, he can find an SD card with that video file. Or anything. For sure. For sure. Could have found some... There's there's plenty of forms... He could have found a Sony Memory Stick Duo. (laughs) That's right, he could (laughs) have. And put that into his Bing search engine that all the kids are using. Um, But it was... that I don't like that. It could have been cut out. But again, you know, Spider-Man 2 also wasted a lot of time with the losing the powers plotline. So, you know, they're both guilty of wasting time with a pointless plotline. We'll talk about that in a second when we do kind of the comparison. But, yeah, I didn't like that at all. That was a big con in the film. Didn't need to be there. Um, Next con, as much as I like Harry and the actor playing Harry and how he plays Harry, the lack of Harry in the first film makes the friendships feel really rushed in this movie. Yeah, that's what my kind of led to my, my, one of my cons of the film, um, is that the film is trying to put a lot in mm-hmm. it. Like, if they would have gone a route... Like, take everything we said, the good stuff about Gwen's death, everything like that. Make, take all those elements and put it into a third film. Have this film establish Harry, establish these things, but have it not... It not it feel like it bloats the film mm-hmm. a bit. And I like Harry and like Peter together. Try, try to put they have, like, in. good friendship chemistry. But I don't For buy sure. into it because we only get one scene of them being friends. Yeah, it's such a quick scene. Like, oh, hey, we went to school together at one time. Remember yeah, thing? if Harry was in high school with Peter in the first movie, this would have worked yeah. way better. Yeah, for sure. For um, sure. Uh, another con is that, again, and this is kind of me trying to be fair, because I can see where people are coming from, uh, the Gwen and Peter dialogue can at times be really cringy, but to me it's still super realistic. Yeah. Like yeah, I get I, I get why I, I like this it. is making you go, Oh, they're like two fucking kids and I'm just like Yeah. Yes they, they are. They just graduated high school. <laughs> they just graduated high school. Um I, be- I bet those people really don't like Friday thirteenth part three. Seriously. Or Friday thirteenth part or final the chapter final, or, or part two. two yeah. Or any like old horror. Any films. of them. I bet they love, they love Scream. Scream. Bunch of assholes. Um, so yeah. Dying. Uh, the next con we were to talk about the whole blood plot line being fine, but again, he could have found that in the calculator instead of the, his subway adventure. Yeah. It's fucking pointless. Wasted 20 minutes of the movie. Mm. Uh, and the next con, um, 
the airplane part of the climax is not needed at all. Like, it's... Those planes need to know where it's to land. It's put there so that we feel a sense of urgency, but to me, I feel that Peter not wanting to be murdered is urgent enough. Like, yeah. you can still have the scenes of May in the hospital because we know May and we care about May, so seeing how May is reacting to the situation, that's fine. I, fucking no one's on this plane that I care about. And every time we yeah. cut to the planes, I'm just like, no, nah, can we just keep stay? Can we just stay on Electro and Spider-Man? So yeah, mm -hmm. I felt that added nothing. It was just a needless attachment that could have completely been cut out and nothing would have been lost. I agree. And the next con is, oh wait, no, that's it. Yeah, that's good. So list. yeah, good uh, way more pros for Amazing Spider-Man Two, and way more cons for Spider-Man Two. Mm -hmm. uh, so I think that's how. That so would go. Uh, let's take a quick moment here. We won't take too long because we're already a fucking over thirty minutes over our usual time slot. But let's compare the films. Um, for sure. I mean, Bill, do you want to just kind of compare them, talk about them? Um. I don't, man. I don't. I don't even know where I would start. Um, oh, okay, I'll start up. I'll say that I think yeah. that the uh, both neither film is absolutely perfect, but I think That's that Amazing Spider-Man Two is very Spider-Man. As we keep saying, it's very mm -hmm. Spider-Man. Um, there's a couple bits that are this kind of the same sort of cons, like Spider-Man Two and Amazing Spider-Man Two. Both have a major central plot line in the middle of the movie that doesn't need to be there at all. They just waste time. Spider-Man 2 being Sp Peter losing his powers, and Amazing Spider-Man 2 being the whole Richard Parker Roosevelt story. Though <laughs> neither one is needed, both could be cut out. Both are equally shitty. Like I'm, and like in a contest between the two, I'm choosing neither of the neither is the winner. Um, I think the action Amazing Spider-Man 2 is better, but part of that I can say on it's a modern, it's a newer film compared to Spider-Man 2. They had less resources. Or something, you know, I'm just trying to be fair. Trying to give them the benefit of the yeah. doubt. Uh, I think the writing of Amazing Spider-Man 2 is better. I think the plot is more interesting. I think the villains are more interesting and more realistic. Um, I think Andrew Garfield is a better Spider-Man. Uh, Emma Stone is a better as the love interest. Gwen is better. She's a better she's Gwen a better Stacey. Gwen Stacy. She's better written as a female lead. Uh, Spider-Man is written better. Uh, everything's better in Amazing Spider-Man 2 as a whole than Spider-Man mm -hmm. 2. I think, I think everything that Spider-Man 2 does, Amazing Spider-Man 2 does better. And yes. Sp I mean, Spider-Man 2 does even more stuff better that Spider-Man 2 doesn't even do at all. Whereas Spider-Man 2 is brought down a lot by the Silver Age dialogue, the Silver Age plot line, and it just hasn't aged very well. You know, it was it was made in a time when we didn't have any other superhero movies, so we loved it. But then as, like, Iron Man, The Incredible Hulk, The Dark Knight, and all these modern movies, even the ones we don't love, brought the level of quality to a new level. The Spider-Man yeah, 2... it's, it's add, added more to the... Added more that you can um, judge. Exactly. And, and base base opinions off of like well this film did this this film did this I mean that's the whole way reason we compare Spider-Man two to another film is because we've come along we've had a new series of films we have another new series of films. I'm sure we can compare uh, Spider-Man two to Amazing Spider-Man two to Spider-Man two Ultimate Spider-Man two Ultimate Spider-Man two I I wonder how they're gonna do that naming because the film's gonna be called Spider-Man yeah Spider maybe spectacular I, all, all the new film all the new films don't have names it's just Spider-Man it's just to be Spider-Man colon uh, Doctor Octopus, Spider-Man: Colon Dark Jesus, World. Jesus, that would be terrible, and I believe that would happen. Um, so yeah, yeah, I mean, like it's, Amazing Spider-Man Spider Two Spider feels like 2. a Spider-Man movie. Spider-Man Two sure. feels like a director writing a love story to the comics he grew up with. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Amazing Spider-Man Two, I'd give uh, five, uh, five, uh, four, four out of five stars. Yeah, I'd, I'd say four and a half. I liked it more than you, but it's not a perfect film. 
you know. Yep, that's what Doc. That's what Doc's the one. I, I like it plenty fine. I enjoyed it quite a bit when I saw it. I had a great time. So, boom, it's a solid four. Yep. That, yeah. You say four, I say four and a half. You know, like everyone knows, it was my movie of the year. I didn't expect it to be at all. I did not at all expect Amazing Spider-Man 2 to be my movie of the year. You know, I haven't been super in love with any of the previous Spider-Man films. You know, I got pushed away from Spider-Man as a character because of Spider-Man 3 and One More Day, the comic event. Uh, Amazing yeah, Spider-Man yeah. 2, 1,000% rekindled my love for Spider-Man. I went awesome. home and was just like, I want Spider-Man video games again. I want a Spider-Man figure for my shelf. It, it did its job of selling toys to the kids in terms of me, mm -hmm. but uh, like I said, it just <laughs> it rekindled my love for Spider-Man, and to me that means a lot, and I to this day, and I'm very objective when I look at movies, I see why people like them or hate them um, including movies that I absolutely love and adore, I see why other people don't like them mm -hmm. I and again, like Dark Knight Rises, I hate it I see why people like it, I get it I'm, I'm not correct and they're wrong I get why people like it, it's not for me, that sort of thing when it comes to Man of Steel and Amazing Spider-Man 2, I don't know what the fuck people wanted. I don't know what people wanted. I don't know. Bandwagon. I, I, I have been saying that. I don't know. I think you're right. I, 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 I stand by that if people. Amazing Spider-Man 2 came out under the Marvel Studios tag, people would like it. I think so. But I don't know. We'll never know. People are just not going to like things. I don't know if it's because the internet's telling them not to like it or they're sitting there trying to be too good for it. I don't know. I've had discussions with people. I don't. I can't follow their logic and why they don't like some, like the films. Yeah. I don't understand. They'll say things. This and I'm like, well, did you watch the film? Because that didn't happen. <laughs> yeah, that, I've run into that before. Superman destroys everything. No, Superman is the elite. This is the cause for only like two things. I saw the film three times. I know what the fuck I saw. He I like all the that. people that claim Sp Superman super killed people, and I'm just like, have you like they specifically showed the buildings and that they're empty. They specifically showed the inside of buildings and that they're empty. Did you want them to do that for every single shot? Because that's insane. Yes, they needed because that. They needed that. Hey, they didn't. But you know what? They didn't show uh, Peter Parker killing people in Spider-Man Two, so I guess that that, that yes. didn't happen. So I don't know. I don't know. Well, let's leave on a good note. Hey, we're kindled your love of Spider-Man. That's fantastic. I guess we'll look forward to 2017. See what they can do to destroy that. <laughs> and as always, guys, let's uh, let's wrap this up. This is our longest episode. And I guess it's a passion-filled episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, as always, you can find us at moviefilmswithbillandsteve.tumblr.com. You can email us at moviefilmswithbillandsteve at gmail.com. And now you can find us on iTunes. Please look, at, look us up in the iTunes store for under podcasts under uh, Movie Films with Bill and Steve. And then you can uh, find me on Twitter at LovableBill. And uh, oh, we're also on Facebook, of course, Movie Films with Bill and Steve. Uh, you can check out my movies at uh, facebook.com slash super... I'm sorry, yeah, Super Task Force. You, you can find facebook.com slash super task force, but it's facebook.com slash silverspotlightfilms or silverspotlightfilms.com. If you think my opinion's stupid for liking Amazing Spider-Man 2, you should teach me a lesson and buy all of my movies, watch them, and then shit on them after you buy them. Is the Horror Society voting? Yes, going? absolutely. Thank you, Bill. Um, if you're still listening after our almost fucking two-hour episode, if you go to horrorsociety.com slash awards, um, uh, several of my films are still up for voting to win these awards. Uh, I'd super appreciate if you voted for them, even if you've never seen them. Just vote for them. Just just be like the Academy for the Oscars. Just vote for my movies because you know me. But if they win, it can help Red Christmas a lot when I start to look for distribution for the film, if it has one of these awards. And when Captain Z does come out in May for its worldwide distribution, one of these awards will help it get into more stores or on more cable networks. Fantastic. Well, check that out, guys. 
And as always, I've been Bill. I've been Steve, a.k.a. Spider-Man. And with great power comes great responsibility to keep your fucking mask on. (laughs) I can't top that. Night, guys. Good night.